You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen Podcast. I'm Poonam Verma. On the show today, we had so many great chefs, both locally and internationally, starting off with Chef Vivek Singh. He joined us from London and he's just opened his first ever restaurant here. I also chatted to Chef Osama Jalali. Not only is he a chef and a food historian, as well as a reviewer, we were talking about how to stay healthy as a chef too. Now, I'm not sure how much spice you can take, but apparently Drake, the rapper, can take quite a lot because he's just invested in a brand new place that has just launched here in Dubai. We're talking about Dave's Hot Chicken. And we find out what brand new recipes are coming up in this month's edition of Spinney's magazine, Nourish. And if you've ever wanted to try sushi, but you're not really keen on raw fish, there's a place that's open called Moby. It's celebrating its one year anniversary and it's all plant-based. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinney's. Eat well, live well. He's similar to me. He's a Brit Indian, but he's not so similar to me because he's a chef and a restauranteur. Vivek Singh is known for his trailblazing take on Indian cuisine, as well as being the pioneering leader and owner of the Cinnamon Collection, including the new Cinnamon Club at Park Hyatt Dubai, Chef Vivek's first international venture. Welcome to Dubai. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, you also run four London restaurants and one in Oxford, now in Dubai. Do you have any free time at all? Ah, God, no, that's a great (laughs) question. But I I, I suspect, you know, chefs like us are a glutton for punishment. You know, you just, you you don't have much free time, but you don't want much, or maybe you don't need much. Uh, no, I, I love I love the life you have. I love the, uh, you know, um, going into different kitchens and just working with chefs. It's, it's, it's a great feeling. How long have you been a chef? Ah, close to 30-odd years now. So do you still have the same passion, or is it different kind of passion? I think I still have the passion, which in itself is... Uh, is a very joyous thing to say. I, I love the fact that I, I I still do what I do and I enjoy it just as much, if not more. Uh, obviously, the responsibility is different, and I think everybody goes on this journey. And I myself has uh, you know have been on on numerous journeys in in terms of how I thought about food and how it made me feel and so on. Uh, and I've kind of come a full circle on it. You know, for one, um, I started off by thinking I needed to tell people what they really needed to do and, you know, tell people how they should eat and I, change. I think that's it. a youth thing. We yeah. think we know it all. <laughs> and then, you know, going going on to a full circle to actually not just sort of telling people what they need, but actually giving them what they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have come full circle. I've come full circle. So, so apart from this moment right now with me, what is the best bits about your job? <laughs> well, I think, you know, I, I, I can't think of any other industry, any other profession or many other professions that would have the same sense of instant gratification that being a chef has. I love the fact that, you know, within a short space of four, maybe five hours, you're able to start something from scratch, having nothing but ingredients, do a little bit of cutting, cleaning, chopping, Mm -hmm. prepping, cooking, you know, a bit of prep and all that. And then actually the ability to be able to see uh, your, your punters, your guests, your visitors, whatever you have, you know, enjoying that. Within the space of two, three, four hours, you're able to see the, the fruits of your labor. I can't think of many other professions that give you this kind of sense of instant gratification. Try being on the radio for three hours. You get lots of texts <laughs> saying, what are you talking about, Poonam? That is instant DJ gratification. You're probably right. You're That's probably cr- instant right. criticism. <laughs> okay, so um, talking about the cinnamon collection, now... Um, I'm from Birmingham and I'm very disappointed that I've never, I, you haven't opened a restaurant there, but you're Not opening even. one in Dubai. Why is that? Goodness, yeah, that's such a great question. You know how many yeah. Indians are in Birmingham? I know, I know. It's probably the, the you know, the second largest density of Indians outside <laughs> More India. More than India. Probably, <laughs> probably right. You're probably right. Um, I just never, never sort of, you know, crossed, uh, you know, crossed my, my mind in that sense. I just, I spent about the best part of 22 odd years uh, running restaurants in London. And I still think there's at least half a dozen more restaurants you could have in London before wow. you start to think outside. But then Dubai, you know, was a great opportunity and, and at the time a great, you know, you know, a great sort of partnership. Uh, when this was presented to me at the Park Hyatt Hotel, I, I, I mean, you know, if, if there is such a thing as a, a, a Dubai institution, yeah. you could, you, and you wouldn't be wrong in thinking of Park Hyatt as one of them. It's you know, a great it's, place. It's a great place. It's been around 17 years and there's not a lot of places that can say that. Still relevant, still beautiful, and still a fantastic environment to be in. So this opportunity, this, um, you know, we, we came in with a, um, 
the idea of having sort of changing the uh, bringing different parts of the collection. So last year I came and launched the Cinnamon Bazaar, which is my most casual, most uh, accessible uh, of the three restaurant brands that we have: Cinnamon Bazaar, Cinnamon Kitchen, Cinnamon Club. This year around, we've um, this time around, I'm kind of presenting the menu uh, from Cinnamon Club. So it's the act, you know, it's it's just the entire menu is just packed with. Lots and lots of things, and I was I so, was so, so give me an idea of what we're going to find. Yeah, so you know what? You, I mean, for one, we'll have the sort of signature cinnamon collection kind of ethos of uh, cooking, which is taking inspiration from traditional Indian cooking techniques and traditional Indian spicing, mm-hmm. and combining that with the very best local seasonal produce that money can buy. So greatest, you know. So you take very traditional dishes and you elevate them, you know, through either the quality of ingredients or the quality of technique, and so you know there is a bit of that. Uh, and that's there. There are about half a dozen sort of you know signature cinnamon collection dishes, cinnamon club dishes that have been around twenty odd years mm. and incredibly successful and popular. There's that. There's also things that we have recently kind of become more and more uh, interested in the kind of um, f- food from the streets, you know, charts and things like that. I have pani puri. I have pani puri. I love pani puri. I have pani puri in both its renditions. You yeah. know, the traditional one as you would like as a vegetarian. I also got a posh aloo puri with. Uh, with some cured salmon and caviar in there. So, so when so, you have these different kind of styles and levels, yeah, does the price change in levels I too? Think, I think the price is largely led by the kind of ingredients you're yeah. using and what it means. Exactly. But it's not necessarily it's not necessarily the price difference between a vegetarian or a vegan or a, a you know a protein is not massively. It's more about the you know the kind of the role that the dish is playing. And I, and I think on, on this particular occasion, certainly on this menu that I'm about to launch. Uh, uh, on Sunday, mm. uh, I mean, we've got such a wide spectrum. I've got things starting from you know thirty-five, forty dirhams to you know um, closer to one hundred ninety thousand. Dirhams. No, 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 not quite that. <laughs> Is not it quite. gold pani? Not quite that. <laughs> not, not a gold. What? No, no. But no. I'm, I'm thinking this is this is Dubai. You know, yeah. I mean, obviously London. You could, is yeah, so, you, you could get away with that. Why would you have a golden pani? Because it's Dubai. We have gold in our coffee. We, we could have do gold that. spas. I'm telling you, it could work. Poonam, you come. I'll double your I will make you a good. <laughs> <laughs> you come, give me a better notice. I'll have some gold pani puri, golden balls pani puri. The gold price here is better than England too. So it's trust me, right. <laughs> it is. I did my research. <laughs> no, no, but it's 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 the thing that I think you know. It's it's the the biggest battle is, and the best restaurants manage to do it. They remain exclusive and inclusive at the same time. Do you find the clientele here in Dubai are different? Uh, obviously, they're different, but of course. In what way? I mean, you know, there is the people. People are different uh, wherever in the world you go, and sometimes people, you know, um, with modern Indian food or you know, tradi- you know, whether it's traditional Indian food, whether it's curries or kebabs or whatever, even with stuff that has been around for two thousand years, people can't agree. You know, and I, that's yeah. you know, for us Indian people, you know, people who either grown up in India or not grown up in India, have Indian family or grown up wherever in the world, we know we cannot even agree with our neighbours on how something is to be cooked. <laughs> but but so, <laughs> you know why that is, though? So when I learned to cook with my mum and dad, are both they were both great cooks, yeah. you don't measure anything. You just no. put a bit of salt, taste it, add more. And to yeah. this day, I don't measure anything. No, you don't. Because, you know, you, you cook by the eye. It's it's all about the gut feel and yeah. the instinct. And it's, it's about knowing who you're cooking for. Yes. And I think that is, is quite key. And so in that sense, it always takes... A, when you go to a new city and a new place, you... Rather than looking at it from a point of judgment saying, hey, people get my food or people don't get my food. It's more about taking the step back and understanding what is it that people really want. If you're really familiar with Indian food, you may have a view. If you're not at all familiar with Indian food, you may have a completely different view. And actually, none of neither of those are wrong. And I think in, in that sense, my cooking and our cooking, both in London as well as in, in, in Dubai, it does the fact that it is as appealing. There is something for somebody who loves Indian food and is actually a diehard curryholic. Oh, yeah. And you get those. <laughs> but do you know the Balti started in Birmingham, I heard? That's right. See? Oh, well, I think people in Manchester might disagree, but, you know. I just throw but, Birmingham in whenever I can. Yeah, when you can. <laughs> but that's not such a bad thing. It's actually, you're right. You know, there's there's things, you know, where there's, there is a sense of ownership that you feel for Balti that maybe other people don't. Yeah. And you might think, you know, what is the big deal? And it's 
it's the same for a tandoori or a kadai. But, but what's funny, I mean, you might have noticed this because you, you've been in England a long time. When I was younger, I remember sitting in the park and I'd get a lot of English people walking past going, oh, have you seen what these people are eating? It looks really weird because they didn't understand Indian food. This is a long time ago. And now you look at the Indian restaurants and people just go for a curry every weekend. You, you're, you're, you're so right. There was a time when 22 years ago when we were looking at a restaurant venues and stuff and people would landlords would have a special clause saying yeah. oh we you know whatever you do please you know install the state of the art technology when it comes to extractions because we don't like to smell the you know so the smell. smell of curry it's the yes. smell of curry yes now 22 years on <laughs> i find people coming to the restaurant and saying look i got lost i couldn't find the restaurant but I can smell it from the street. I've come here, it smells wonderful. I'm so famished. And so, you know, for, you know, for one, one man's, you know. It's changed. <laughs> it is. The, the whole thing has changed. And, my, but, you know, and I was just, for a better, I was I just back home and my mom, I was cooking Indian food. My mom said, will you close the kitchen? I went, but I like the aroma around yeah, the house. That's absolutely right. <laughs> you know? But it's the thing, you know, there, there must be. There is something for every time of the day. There is something for everyone. And, you know, and this is something that we're, we're also trying to People go out to... Uh, uh, you know, restaurants, not just for food and drink anymore, not just because you're hungry or thirsty, but you're also going out for social occasions. You, mm. know. you know, there might be a, a, a brunch thing there. There might be something. So we, we have lots of these. We have a ladies' night planned um, in due course. Yeah. Uh, when the weather is going to be slightly, uh, you know, kinder, we are going to bring the tandoors out and, you know, have the kebabs and the charts outside. So I always think when you're, you know, if you're a mom and you've got six or seven children, it's very hard to give time to all of them. How do you do that with your restaurants? The thing is, when you're a mom, you have three or four children. The one thing that you do for everyone is you cook, right? Mm. I do just that with but my restaurants. But they're in different yeah. places. They're not in one house. <laughs> no, but you go to, you know, you, you go. I'm, I'm, these things do not work as a one-man show. Yeah. These things work as a team. And I'm, I've been extremely lucky and fortunate okay. with the teams. As I've been in London, I've been in, in Dubai as well. I have a phenomenal team. And my, you know, the head chef here, Kamini, she's one of the best. Mm. And I'm incredibly proud, not just because she's a great chef, but, you know, being a woman and bringing up a young kid and she's mm. able to do all of this. And I think it's really important for us to find that that we can't be harping back to that time when the people had to work you know, incredibly long hours and you just could not, you had to make a choice between bringing up a family or, you know, um, or, or, or having a career. Now the fact that we, we can enable people to have both. And I think we are incredibly proud of that. We, we love that. I mean, if we don't do that, we don't keep our teams nurtured. I don't think there's a future for us. Okay. Well, if there's one dish when I come and I have to try it, what would that be? Oh, God, you must have the posh ali puri. The you posh know? <laughs> alu puri. Or if you want your butter chicken, then so be it. That's fine. No, no, me. I'm yeah. going for the posh ali puri. Vivek Singh, thank you so much. And it's is it launched already? Is it opened? It's opening on Sunday. Amazing. We got you before it opened. I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. I'll see you it's in Birmingham a- with your new restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Now, what role does food play in history? What can we learn about the past and foreign lands through a meal? One man knows this very well. He is a chef, food historian, restaurateur and food writer, Osama Jalili. And he is here to revive the lost foods of India at his travelling festival, Dinner at the Darbar at the Golden Fork. Welcome, Chef Asama. How are you doing? You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. More coming up next on the UAE's number one talk radio station. How are you doing? I just pressed the wrong button. I meant to press your microphone and oh. I pressed something else. How are you doing, Chef? I am perfectly fine. Thank you for having me. So tell me, you are going to be uh, curating a menu of homestyle food and heirloom recipes inspired by your roots. So let's go back to your yeah. roots. Where did you grow up? You know, I am born and brought up in Old Delhi in India, but my parental roots belong to a princely estate in Uttar Pradesh called Rampur. And Rampur is a very big riyasat and uh, a land of Nawabs. And my mother learned everything from the Khan Samas of the Nawab of Rampur. Tell everybody what Nawab is. First of all, you're talking about traveling festival, the dinner at Darbar. Am I correct in saying that Darbar is like the court for kings and queens? Absolutely. And we are presenting food from the Mughal era. And the forgotten recipes of the Mughal at the Dabar. So it's all like kind of royal feel, those kind of, yes. the ways they used to make food back in the day. So uh, talking about your past and your mom. Now, your mother was the one cooking a lot for the community when you were growing up. And I know 
You told me that your wife and your mom is with you. This is a big kind of family business that you do. Yes. So what is going to be on the menu? You know, we have the classics of old Delhi cuisine. Uh, we have a Nihari. That's one of the most popular dishes in our country. Uh, we have a Yakni Pulao where the mutton is cooked with its own broth. So it doesn't lack flavor. It's very flavorsome. And we also recreate a dish from the Mughal era called the mutton halwa. So that was a new one and a very lost um, recipe in a way that never ever a chef has done a dessert using mutton in it. Now, when I think of halwa, I yeah. think of something sweet. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so, a, it's a sweet halwa. It's a sweet But you're saying it's got mutton in it. Yes, that's the art. You cannot wow. guess that it's non-veg. And uh, once you start eating it, You'll have it, give me more, give me more, and it'll go on. I know that you're um, a big believer in using the old techniques, the old yeah. pots and pans, making your own blends. Let's talk about what kind of techniques first you use. You know, we make our own blends. We never buy outside masalas, no, uh, nothing at all. We cook in uh, earthen pots or copperware. Now, why? Do I, I, this is a big thing. I, when I used to go to India a lot, I mean, everyone drinks from the, the water from the, uh, you know, the yes. copper. My mum would always say, "Do that." Why is it? Why should we be cooking and drinking uh, from them? It's been proven in Ayurveda that a lot of medicinal properties are there when it's when it comes to it, cooking. Yeah, the cup it goes into the water at night, yeah, doesn't it? It goes into the water. So people back home hmm. also um, uh, leave water overnight in a copper vessel that's, to drink the next. That's morning. what I used to do. Yeah. I, I need to go and get some more copper pots today. <laughs> but it, it's good for you. I know everyone, all my relatives do it in India to this yeah. day. And when you're cooking in the copper pans, what does that do to the food? What does it add? Does it add flavor or minerals or what? It's add flavors. It's got an even temperature. Mm. Uh, copper maintains an even temperature. So the cooking happens on a, on a very low flame. So it's not that your food is cooked quickly. So it, does, it, it doesn't leave it nutrients. So it's they're intact and the food is more flavorful. So do you have to travel with these pots? Yeah, we travel with these <laughs> pots somewhere. Otherwise, we we get them arranged wherever we go. But mostly we carry. I'm sure. Have you found some in Bird Dubai here in the old area of Dubai? They must have lots. Yeah, they have a lot. Every every old culture would have. So tell me about your blends. Um, what kind of blends do you mix? Because you say you only make your own. You don't buy any. Yes. We, we get the whole spices, the best of uh, whole spices. And we blend it according to uh, to different dishes. What mostly happens, people have a single curry masala and they use in all the curries. In Indian cuisine, every every recipe has a different masala to it. Yeah. So we make those masalas differently. Even the meat cuts play a major role when it comes to cooking. It's just not the simple curry cut used in every cuisine, every dish. So there's a different cut to a biryani, different cut to a nihari. You'll be proud of me because I love to cook, but I always make my own blends. That's but, wonderful. But I'm very adventurous. I'll see what's in the, it, there and add it to it. And when I go to the supermarket, I never buy ready-made blends or sauces unless I'm desperate because I just I know how to make my own. Yes. And and you're a great believer in home cooked food. Yes. Because you used to be um, you used to review a lot of restaurants. A lot of restaurants. How many? Restaurants? Do you think you've reviewed in your lifetime? I have reviewed more than four thousand restaurants. And how often did that mean you had to eat outside? Um, uh, three times a day uh, for for three to four years. And that <laughs> that affected your health, didn't it? A lot. You know, um, I, I once upon a time I used to weigh around one sixty kgs, and it took a toll on my health. And and what did you start doing to help your health? Because you have another little hobby of yours. I don't know how big this hobby is. Yeah, um, uh, yes, I got into powerlifting wow. and that helped me a lot, you know, uh, challenging yourself on a daily basis. But I started by lifting 10 kgs. I, I lift uh, more than 400 pounds now. So that, that's uh, the journey. You challenge yourself on each day. You try to be your best each day. And you try to beat yourself each day. It's one step at a time. It must be hard, though, as a chef. And, you know, we're going to talk about we have a lot of reviewers, you yeah. know, who come on and food bloggers, food influencers. You have to think about your health, but you want to try everything that's offered. Yeah, but, you know, one has to um, make a line between tasting and eating. And secondly, eat uh, quantified, uh, just uh, quantify your nutrition, eat according to your goals. So, you know, so you're saying have a bite of the starter, two bites of the main and one bite of dessert, <laughs> not not the whole dish. Is that what you're saying? No, no, not at all. <laughs> eat according to your meal plan. 
if you are um, uh, going for a review uh, plan it uh, plan your workouts and near it try i one change which i got uh, in my lifestyle was i never went for dinner reviews i all i started doing only for lunch mm. so that gave me time to burn those calories and i planned my workouts in the evening mm. and one thing i also did was i used to have jasmine tea or a green tea throughout my meal I have a green tea as we speak yeah. through the show, yeah. but I also have a carrot cake in the corner. <laughs> when I when my I dip about three thirty, that's where I'm nibbling. Don't go anywhere, Chef Asama. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye one hundred three point eight with Spinneys. Eat well. Live well. Well, I have food historian and chef Asama Jalali with me all the way from Delhi. He is here, and he is talking about his latest project, which is called the Traveling Festival Dinner at the Darbar at the Golden Fork, where he's built bringing back the foods that he grew up with um, and helping us experience them and old cooking techniques using his old pots and pans and homemade blends, which is really what Indian food is all about. Um, We were talking about your health and how you put on a a lot of weight because you were reviewing so many restaurants. What do you think of so many food bloggers on social media today? You know... um, uh they are not eating consciously and you know uh, what does that mean what does that mean um they eat whatever they get uh, <gasps> i love it yeah if it's free let's let's eat i suppose i'd be the same you know but people should eat consciously and mm. um, uh, try to uh, uh, get conscious about the lifestyle and it will hamper one day or the other they they are not realizing that eating now um 10 5 years down the line um they it will start getting on their health mm. um if they they would not be in, the, in this situation in which they are now so uh they can they have to change their lifestyle when it comes to food blogging mm. now what's your own philosophy on the role that food actually plays when it explains about the old times and times that have le- gone by you know food is all about love and stories when it comes to indian food all about emotions um uh, uh, food is to feed your soul as well feed your body as well mm. and um indian food is all about that um, tell me about it we don't even have portion size i just remember putting everything in one plate <laughs> add a bit of yogurt and eat and yeah, enjoy yeah, that that's uh, the indian way of eating it i know it's it's funny because if you look at korean food yeah. everything is a small portion yes. now as indian i'd get all those six little portions and yes. put them in one dish yes. what's your favorite dish just one dish that you could only eat Rajma chawal. <gasps> so, it's a typical so, comfort. There's so food. much yeah it's it's all about comfort when it's yeah. about that. Well, um there's so much competition here when it comes to Indian food and where do you see Indian cuisine going in the future because a lot of people are mixing it using fusion. What do you think of all that? You know a uh, lot of restaurants are now uh, mo- moving towards progressive Indian cuisine, a modern Indian cuisine. Yeah. And and it's good and it's nice but you know uh a person like me a traditionalist would always go back um uh, to the roots mm. and trying to bring back the hidden gems of our culinary heritage so i am going to say this on air i'm really particular about going to fine dining indian restaurants because i love I, when you know how to cook indian food yeah. you know what it's supposed to taste like at home I don't like cream and all this rich stuff. I really like it like you feel like you're eating at home. So I'm more into the street food that's cooked yeah. quick, easy. Yeah, street food is always uh, it's it's fresh food and uh, it's the best food. Yeah, I love street food too. So if we want to see you at the dinner at the Darbar, it's taking place at the Golden Fork. Is this in Barsha? Yeah, it's in uh, at Trade Center also and we are doing it in Barsha as well. And it's on starting today. Starting today till 20 Till the 14th of October. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that I know more than you. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Osama, it has been an absolute pleasure. And can you please bring some food next time? Definitely, and you need to dine with me. I will. I will. Thank you so much. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8 with Spinnies. Eat well. 
Live well. So there's been some massive hype going around. Celebrities such as Samuel L. Jackson, Maria Shriver, rapper Drake, they all seem to be handling the heat pretty well. I'm not talking about the temperature in Dubai. I'm talking about spice, really, really hot spice, not two chilies. It could be like 50 chilies. I really don't know, but I'm about to find out because they've all invested in a company. The company is called Dave's Hot Chicken. They just launched this week. But I want to know how hot does it get in Dave's kitchen and who on earth is Dave? So let's find out from Walid Hurd. She has helped launch the brand here and is the co-founder of the Lavoya Restaurants Group. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Who's Dave? (laughs) (laughs) Good question. So Dave is one of the partners, one of the founding partners, and he's the chef. And he's the one who started and created that recipe for Dave's Hot Chicken out of a parking lot initially in West Hollywood in Los Angeles. And in fact, he was here until yesterday. Oh, no. He was at our opening, uh, him and the other founders, um, just opening that store in JBR. So I'll be honest, I hadn't really heard about it. I'm sure I would have if I follow people like Drake and everybody and see them eating these chicken wings. Why is, what's the hype? Tell me about it. I mean, I've had spicy food. I've had spicy chicken. What's so good about this? Well, I, I, first of all, I don't think it's an actual, just a hype. I think there is a substantial um, selling point and a reason why people are interested. Drake... Um, and other uh, celebrities involved in this company have invested in it because they see the potential. And really, there are two things, I think, that distinguish this brand uh, from the market. One of them is the product. Uh, So you have the best chicken. Where's the chicken from? Do we know? It's it's U.S.-based chicken. So even our stores here, uh, we're getting this exact same chicken that's been served in Los Angeles and everywhere else. So you're getting uh, chickens with American accents. (laughs) Well, we we hope with with a chunky American accent. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, so that's one. And the, the other thing is really the simplicity of the menu. I mean, you walk into a, uh, a Dave anywhere in the world, and what you see is basically, uh, you know, a simple either a what we call the slider, which is a sandwich, or the strips, and then you start choosing the level of spiciness, which is really the the, the exciting part about this brand. So, so <laughs> I'm a I'm a massive believer in just simple and a few few dishes on a menu and doing the best. I don't like big, big menus, right? And if you f- and they've obviously honed in on this and done it so well. So um, before we go into the, the spiciness, you didn't bring the flavors, did you, here? You <laughs> should have bought them. We could have done I, it. I, I'll do that next time. But you have a carte blanche to come and visit us anytime. I'll just need 20 out. glasses of water. Um, <laughs> why did they want to bring it to Dubai? Because I know it's at JBR, right? Yes, it is. And to be honest, I'm the one who's been pushing them to bring it to Dubai. So I, where did you first hear about it? So I was I, I was visiting Los Angeles. I tried the uh, the restaurant and fell in love with the chicken. Why? Uh, and the the quality of the chicken again. You know, yeah. it's so tender. It's so thick. It's so juicy, and it's extremely it's, tasty. Did you go there because you heard about it, or did you go there with that business sense? Who is somebody who collaborates and you know brings over franchises because you wanted. You're trying different restaurants while you're there. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. So I'm I'm basically in this business and been in this business for 20 years. So I've always tried products and, and restaurants. And this particular brand was recommended to me by my kids, my, my teenage kids. Mm. And they said, you know, there's so much talk about it in social media. Let's go try it. And, and that's how we, we went and tried it. I love the brand. I loved what they're offering. Again, like you said, I love the simplicity of the of the of the menu, and I think with simplicity comes specialization and and perfection. Um, and then I started talking to them. I started talking to their CEO, and uh, you know, at the time, this was about a year ago, they had not really thought about going international. Beyond, so they've just Canada. been in America and Canada, just North America, wow. exactly. And um, you know, we told them. We need to bring it to Dubai. This is going to be so exciting. And what did they think? Had they heard a lot about Dubai? So they've heard a lot about Dubai, but they've never been here. And it's funny because when they came over here, Dave, his partners, you know, his founders and, and the CEO, they were blown away. They were literally blown away. I mean, their jaw dropped every time we take them anywhere in Dubai. And when they saw the store, you know, the founders said, you know, not in our wildest dreams. Just six years ago, when we started in this small... Car park. Almost, yeah, like a kiosk. And not even a kiosk, it's a stand. It was a pop-up or something. It was a pop-up, yeah. yeah, In a a parking lot in West Hollywood that then, you know, 
six years from now, we're going to have this amazing flagship in, in Dubai. It's crazy when you think about it, because you think like people are always trying to come up with something really new and it's just fried chicken, but they've just added something or the way they've marinated it or the, the quality of produce they used. And it's just blown up because it is all based around just simple ingredients, isn't it? But doing it right. Absolutely. Again, the the sort of the privilege or the advantage of specialization when you when you look at something and you look at it deep and you try to perfect it you you know yeah. even if it's a simple basic product you you have something special on your hand does did dave say there is a secret ingredient or do you actually know how he does it so I don't know what the secret ingredient but is. There but there is one. Absolutely. The spices are the secret ingredient. Should have got Dave on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring him in next time. I would have, I would have got it out of him. <laughs> okay. People tried before. Yeah, I'm sure you. they have. So um, how did it actually get noticed by all these celebrities? What happened? Like from the parking lot to Dubai, what happened in between? So the parking lot was amazingly successful, more than that they ever thought about, you know, um, you know, the potential of a parking lot pop-up. And then they were approached immediately by one of their friends. They were three original founders. They were approached by one of their friends to, you know what, let's have a, a proper store. And they invest, this, this friend invested in the business and they started opening the store. And then they started getting noticed by this by celebrities. I think they and posted stuff on social media, didn't they? It was very big on social media. Everything, every marketing that they do or they did in the past was social media. So that has gotten them all the attention. The line was out of the door from that first store, mm. and you know people started talking about it. And then you know they got approached and talked back and forth with you know the likes of Drakes and Mariah Shriver and, and Samuel L. Jackson, and they became they became investors in the in the business. What impact do you think celebrity customers and even influencers have on the sex, a success of like restaurants and cafes today? It's huge. And I think, you know, we're not just talking about any celebrities. I mean, Drake today is probably the lead pop singer in, in the world. Um, you know, 300 or 280 million followers on Instagram. Mm. My son loves him. I mean, he, he, you know, he doesn't talk about anything else. <laughs> Hugely popular. And what you do when you associate yourself with, with these celebrities. You want to eat what they're eating. Well, that's one. <laughs> and, and you sort of ride on their, on their fame. I mean, today, yeah, totally. if, if, you, if you go and um, Google Drake, I bet you out of the t top 10 hits, there will be a mention of Dave's hot chicken, even if you don't actually Google really? it. So the association is important, and I think mm. that's what they're betting on. And um, and also, you know, when people see uh, Drake eating it, and he, you know, he doesn't endorse lightly, so it's it is a good yeah, because. It's, it's interesting because sometimes I look at celebrities and I, th I say, you've got to be careful what you endorse and what you put on because sometimes it can cheapen your image too. You're just putting everything on, you know. You don't want to be to the point of an influencer. So you kind of think uh, they should really do things they're really passionate about. And I can imagine with Drake, he probably really was passionate about this chicken. He is. And, and the way they're, you know, Dave's Hot Chicken as a brand are handling that association with Drake, they're doing it very smartly. So, you know, they're not overusing it. They're not asking people to come to their stores because Drake endorsed it only, mm. but they, they're asking people to come and try it and, you know, judge for themselves. And that's what we're doing here as well. You know, if you come and try the product, you know, we bet. We, we've been open for three days and we're already seeing repeat customers. So that's the type of product that you're looking at. Have they had any other like well-known people interested in investing in them since they've had all these others come along? To be honest, I'm not sure about the names, but I, I am sure there were a load of people who were interested. I'm sure there'll be a lot in Dubai who'd be interested too, I suppose. We already got so many calls of people wanting to invest. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you 10 dirhams. <laughs> <laughs> you got a deal. You got a deal. How much is an average chicken if I wanted to buy it? I'll, I'll give you that much plus double again. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about the seven different levels of hot. One which requires you to, to sign a waiver if you dare. Talking Dave's Hot Chicken. They have just launched here. We've got loads of celebrity investors. You've got Drake, Maria Shriver, all involved in this. And uh, we have the man who brought it over, Walid Haj. He's joining me as well. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Okay, so Walid, there are seven different levels of spice, starting from no spice to the reaper which requires a signed waiver for those who dare. Is it deadly, the reaper, or have people survived? <laughs> it depends on, on your tolerance to, to spiciness. But uh, no, it's not deadly, but it's, uh, you, you really have to be ready for it. Do you know if Drake's had the reaper? 
I'm not sure. I'm I, not gonna, I don't I'm think he can handle somewhere. it. I can just tell. I think he's all talk. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the seven levels. Do you know what they are? Yes. Yeah, so basically it starts with uh, no spice at all. So just the bland. Pl- the plain, yeah. It's my favorite, by the way. Because really? I get to taste the actual chicken. I like to, <laughs> I like to try the spices. That, that makes sense. Around. And then you have the light, mild, the mild, the medium, and then... It's getting the, hot. You and can then feel the it. hot, the extra hot, and then the ultimate, the reaper. So these are have, the have you tried the reaper? I have to confess, I have not. Have you have you been around anyone who has? I have. And I'm, what and happened? I was just showing pictures right now to your colleagues. And, uh, you know, we've had different reactions. So some people were actually literally in tears. Oh, dear. And some tolerated really well. And, uh, you Did, know, I guess it, it depends what you're used to. Do they give you a glass of milk or a really strong glass of water or something when you have recommended when you have this reaper? They, they, you know, it comes with a piece of toast. Um, what which, does toast do? To I spice? think it cools cools it down a bit. Really? Yeah, we, we don't have we have milkshakes as well, so that that can yeah, help. Yeah, that's because well. I know milk is very good. Correct. Water's okay, but if it's that strong, do we know how many chilies there might be in compared to like? I'm not mean, sure about the number of chilies. Do they the use red pre- or green? It's all a mix of all it's kinds of deadly. Peppers. Well, you got to try it yourself. It's a good and weapon tell me. to use, isn't it, on somebody? <laughs> <laughs> I'll cook for somebody next time. Okay, so um, what will we find on the menu apart from all these extremely spicy chickens? So that's the, the beauty again about the brand. It's very simple. You got either the sliders, which is uh, you know a, sort of a mini sandwich with a with a chicken tender, yeah. or the tenders alone. Yeah. We we've got the side uh, like uh, fries. French, French fries. Yeah. We've got the uh, macaroni and cheese. And then we've also have amazing, amazing milkshakes. And um, well, we got plenty of flavors there as well. We have three flavors. No so spice we, in them. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> we might get to that at one point, but we don't have that yet. But for as a man who obviously you know creates franchises, brings them over, you spot them. Um, what do you look for in a brand? That's a great question. I, I think you know people, especially in this region, have become sort of crazy about franchises for the sake of getting franchises. What we do is we try, we have to love it as a customer. I have to love it as a customer first and foremost. And then you have to ask yourself the question, does this work in in our region? And, you know, these two, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be a yes. I mean, usually successful brands around the world don't necessarily have to work here. Mm. So the idea of adaptation and making yeah. sure that, you you know, you bring in the, the brand. And, and what we try to do as well is try to replicate the brand. So we try to take the brand and, and make sure that if you go and experience it in West Hollywood yeah. and you come to Dubai, that you, you, you know that this is exactly the same, especially in the beginning. Mm. I mean, we can do some adjustments. We can do some customization, some localization, but that happens down the road. I'm a strong believer in trying, you know, because the power of the brand is a, is a double-edged sword. Mm. If you know the brand from the US, for example, and you, you know you know what to expect, but at the same time, if you get disappointed and, and you know, you, you say, oh, wait a minute, this is different than what we're used to yeah. or what you used to, that's a major disappointment. So we have to make sure that the experience is replicated and identical. And then once you build local brand equity in, in, in the region, then you start looking at maybe customizing the product and customizing the, the uh, selling uh, menu. Okay. And I know you also you brought over Joe in the juice bar. You've got Bar Bar as well. Yes. Um, and... A- any other brands you've got your eye on? I do. I can't tell you what they are, but <laughs> you can tell have... me off air. It's fine. I, I can, I'll give I you a few ideas off air that I think I sh- would work here. To be honest with you, that are not here. Well, we'll we'll exchange we, ideas. We, we will chat. We'll do business after the show. I'm ready. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And next time, I I do want to I do want to taste some of the spices. So we'll, I'll come over and we'll we'll go gently. You got an open up that level. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Pleasure. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Now, if you're looking for some inspiration when it comes to what to cook, we've got some great recipes you'll find in Spinney's latest edition of the magazine, Nourish the Barbecue Issue. I suppose it's getting to that time of the year. And with me now is Ankit from Spinney's. So what is on the menu today? So we have these five amazing recipes in our weeknight wonders section. They are fast, they're easy, and they're family-friendly, so convenient. Okay, before we go through this, do you actually cook yourself? Yes, I cook a lot. Then you're allowed to talk about this, because if you didn't cook, I'd be like, really? Okay, go ahead, Uh Ankit. What is on the menu, these five recipes? 
So the first recipe is a simple brie cheese and spaghetti recipe. Uh, everyone loves a good spaghetti recipe. I know I do. Did you just um, say brie, brie cheese and spaghetti? Yes. Okay, yes. nice, nice. Very, very, very healthy, right? And rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, you can add a little bit. So the recipe is basically melted brie stirred through spaghetti with some baby spinach because, you know, you can sneak spinach in there and finish it with some lemon juice, some lemon zest and a good drizzle of extra virgin olive oil. That's it. That actually is so simple and actually it sounds delicious. Yeah, it is. It is. I made it earlier this week and it was so good, so simple. It came together very quickly. You know what? I always eat brie cheese when it's cold. And every time I take a bite, I'm like, this is so fattening, but it's so good. It's so good. Oh, my goodness. I love like French cheese and on bread and stuff. Okay, so now what what are we doing next with an aubergine? Um, so there's a roasted aubergine and chickpea salad in the magazine, and the aubergine is pan-fried and roasted. You could do this on the grill as well. We serve the aubergines over a chickpea puree with more chickpeas, a drizzle of parsley oil, some smoked paprika to finish. Okay. And have you, do you, when you are talking about these in the magazine, do you have to cook each dish to try it before you can actually mention it in the magazine? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We have to try it because that's how we know that there's like... because. Something like this needs to be tested. It's time sensitive. So yeah. we've got to cook it to tell but that it, all the process together will take 30 minutes or less for it to classify as a weeknight wonder dish. Yeah. And do you have any work experience there over the weekends if, you know, I need to come and do this with you? <laughs> <laughs> we have a Spinney's Kitchen where we test a lot of recipes. So yeah. you can all, you're always free to come uh, and try that. Okay, so how long do you cook the aubergine for? Because it does depend because, you know, you have a lot of those aubergines in Japanese restaurants where they're so soft. I can't actually quite get it like that. So how, how many minutes do you actually put it on the grill or the pan? Um, so if you're doing it on the pan, I would say just cook it for about five to seven minutes first and uh, get a nice caramelization going on. Then you transfer it into the oven for to cook for another 20 minutes. You see, you're talking about caramelization. How do we get that? Mine doesn't caramelize. <laughs> so What's use a secret? cast iron pan or uh-huh. a grill pan. Um, and then you kind of, once you put the aubergine crisscross side down. With oil? Kind of, with oil in it? Yes, oh, yes, okay. with oil. Yeah, then you kind of get a good caramelization. You can also press down on it a little bit to get an even caramelization across the aubergine. I, I once put maple syrup or honey to caramelize it. Can that work too? Yeah, yeah, okay. 100%. Yeah. And if you're doing it on the grill, the maple syrup is just going to give it such a good, um, you know, sweet caramelizy kind of flavor. Yeah, exactly. All right, now we have a lighter take next uh, to do with egg yeah. rice. Yeah, so our egg fried rice recipe in the Weeknight Wonders is made with cauliflower rice instead of your traditional short grain. Um, and it's it's great if you're kind of trying to get more veg into your diet every day, then the cauliflower egg fried rice is just fab. Now, I know a lot of people who are replacing rice, uh, even pizza dough, with cauliflower. Have, I've never tried the cauliflower dough pizza. Have you? Yes, I have actually tried the cauliflower Do, pizza crust. How does it hold well? Like, um, I think it's with the binding agent that you're adding to the cauliflower base. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the blend that you're kind of, if you're combining your cauliflower crust with like a little bit of flour, some like a blend of flours, maybe like even an egg to kind of bring it together and then spread it out real thin and then bake it in the oven until it's crispy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great if you're into like um, flatbreads or like, like thin breads, then something like a cauliflower crust works really well. Okay, I actually make a cauliflower soup, which is really simple. You just boil the cauliflower, drain it, mash it up, add a bit of milk, salt and pepper, and it is good to go. You can add that yeah. in the next magazine, okay? If you like. <laughs> Definitely. I think, I think something like that would be really great, and especially if you drizzle it with some really nice brown butter on top yeah. and some buttered leeks. Ooh, so good. <laughs> okay, everyone is salivating right now. Or, um, we've got something else with sweet peppers. Yes, so pepperdew peppers, I don't know if you've noticed them, they're in the Spinney's Deli, that these small, um, small sweet peppers that are stuffed with cream cheese, and that's the inspiration for this recipe. Oh, I love those. 
They're really yeah. good. Are they? They always remind me of Italy. Are they from originally Italy? Those kind of peppers. I'm actually not sure if they're from Italy or not. I remember eating a lot of it when I was in South Africa mm. last. But um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, uh, like I'm not 100 percent sure if they're from Italy or not. But they were one of my favorite snacks from the deli for sure. Yeah, they're one and of mine actually. Yeah, and this recipe is with pepper two peppers and cream cheese that you load into sweet potatoes and bake it in the oven for five to ten minutes. So you just put the That's actual it. peppers with the cheese in a, in a potato, like a jacket potato? Yeah. yeah, a jacket sweet potato. That's so cool and so easy. Yeah. All right, next we've got something to do with some mushrooms, meaty ones. Yes. Uh, they're basically like the, the, the national Filipino adobo dish. So it's uh, meaty shiitake mushrooms is really great for this because they impart a lot of flavor. And uh, they also absorb the sauce quite nicely. Yeah. And we serve it thrice and sesame seeds. Yeah. No, they're really chunky. These recipes are very simple. Do you aim to just do very simple recipes for your, for your readers? No, actually across, we, the magazine is full of different recipes that for different kinds of skills. Mm-hmm. So like from an amateur cook to like a more advanced cook, there's a recipe for everyone in, in, in each magazine. And we make sure that we balance it out that way as well. Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Now, um, let's talk about, it's a Heritage Day for South Africa tomorrow. There's going to be lots of celebrations, not only there, but here. I know Tiffany, who's from South Africa, is a great cook. I still haven't had my invite for her celebration tomorrow. And it's called Bride Day, and you're talking recipes. There's one word I cannot uh, pronounce, so you, you tell us about that. Okay, so it's the 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 word. So it's Friday tomorrow, and the recipes are for bure wash sausage. Um, it's a traditional spicy and aromatic South African sausage. It's perfect for breakfast, lunch, dinner, even. And that's the whole point of the recipes that we put into the mag. They use the bure wash sausage in a different way each time. And Tiff, and as a matter of fact, loves the bure wash sausage. Um, they have a distinct coriander seed and a cumin flavor. Mm. So we use that in like recipes for breakfast. Uh, the first is we turn them into patties and layer it with a traditional chakalaka sauce, yeah. which is a spicy, like a spicy tomato sauce. I, I like the name chakalata. Mm. Yeah, it's a lovely. Yeah, it is. It's a spicy tomato sauce with beans generally, but we've done away with the beans so that we can layer it with for an eggs benedict. It's divine. It's divine. Okay. Okay, that sounds tasty. Uh, are these very long, big sausages or little baby ones? I don't even know what they look like. They're like spiral sausages, actually. Ah. They're like, like, yeah, so they're spiral sausages, and you can throw the entire thing, so especially the Spanish food traditional bourrewash. You can throw them on the grill directly. So are you celebrating Friday? With her? Oh, yeah, we're, we're celebrating it right now, actually, in the office, because today is the last day of the week. But So everyone's kind of coming together into the Spinney's Courtyard as a, a team, and we're going to have a big braai. Are you doing it over the barbecue? Yeah, yeah, yes. And, and tell everybody what it's like to work there, because I know that you have to, you can nip down and just grab what you want. Is that right? Yeah, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous working above a supermarket. You have, it's it's not very conducive to your waistline. So do you do you not have to bring lunch in like me every day? Um, we have the Spinney's Deli downstairs, so we can pop in at any time, grab some lunch. But like obviously, like three times a week, I will get um, some lunches from home as well, just to balance things out a bit. Yeah, I just hope you got your Spinney's below, the office in the middle. I hope you have a gym above you because that's what you need <laughs> for for a balanced life, ain't it? Yeah, we have we have a cycling uh, we have cycling equipment in the office, so we can like just go in there and like like spend some time pedaling away. Okay, so are you going to be cooking this weekend as well? Yes. What's on new menu? Are you good, are you doing anything special this weekend that you're going to cook, or do you just kind of go with the flow like me? I think I'm going to be going with the flow and just like whatever whatever uh, I make will land up on my Instagram page. So. Ooh, and what is your Instagram page? You want to check out your cooking? Um, it's my first name, that's Ankit, that's A-N-K-I-E-T, mm-hmm. and last name, Gulabani. Okay. G-U-L-A-B-A-N-I. I'll, I'll take a peek and see just how much of a good cook you are, or if you're just lying to me right now. <laughs> okay, Ankit, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Have you been tempted to try sushi, but you know you can't because you're a vegan or you don't like the idea of raw fish? Well, now you can. 
Moby is a Japanese-inspired eatery that is completely plant-based. The man behind it is Patrick Jarjo. And if you are passionate about the planet and the way we eat, then you're going to be his best friend. <laughs> Welcome, Patrick. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am good. Now, we've had a chat already before, and this man is extremely passionate, so I'm going to give him the airways freely. First of all... Um, Sushi isn't your everyday food, and neither is plant-based. It's not like fries, you know, everyone can kind of eat it. So why did you decide to open a place like this? Well, um, we got inspired by a restaurant when we were in Canada a few years ago, and at the same time, I always uh, loved sushi before um, being vegan. And then after that, uh, I stopped, so I couldn't eat it for, for several years, and I really missed it. And we decided with my wife, Kenza, that we wanted to uh, open um, a plant-based sushi in Dubai. And we started Moby a year ago, exactly. Are you, are you a vegan yourself? Yes, or? I've been uh, vegan for five years now, probably. And why did you decide to change? When I linked all the dots, uh, the... Any subject with, that we can discuss, I can bring it back to why we should be eating plant-based as humans. Okay, so I've had friends who, let's say, watched a documentary and literally the next day they've given up meat. What was the trigger for you? It was different triggers. I always loved animals. I always said that I love animals. But then when I was buying my uh, my piece of steak at, uh, at the supermarket, I always said, but you know what, it's already dead. And if I don't buy it, someone else would buy it. But that was a totally... Uh, wrong, uh, wrong way of looking at it. Because when I'm buying something, I'm financing the industry mm. and I'm financing the next one. Mm. And then the more I started looking at it, and I, I used to love, and I still can tell you, the taste of meat and chicken and uh, fish and so, eggs so and if everything. You, if you I smell love it the around taste. you or you see it, do you get tempted? It's not food anymore for me. Really? When you look at it, what does it feel like for you now? It's not food. It's it's animals that are dead. That's the way you look at it. Exactly. And like then it's that, not, yeah. yeah. That make that makes sense. That makes sense. So why the name Moby? Where did that come from? It came from uh, from the book uh, Moby Dick, the the <laughs> whale that is the mother of the sea that we're actually not touching. Do you know it's funny? I did ask Patrick. I said, "What star sign are you off air?" He said, "I'm Aquarius, which is water sign." So maybe there's a link there with you and Moby. Possible. You both like the water. So if you're very particular about plant-based, where do you source your ingredients from? Do you really focus on local farmers, ingredients, that kind of thing? Uh, we try to source uh, our, uh, our ingredient from uh, locally as much as possible. We know that it is a challenge in the UAE because of the weather mainly, uh, but it's getting there. We have way more plant-based options, way more plant-based restaurants in the UAE and even all restaurants now, and I'm pushing all my friends in the restaurant industry. I said, guys, like, just put 20-25% of the menu vegan. I'll come to you with non-vegan friends as well. Don't give me one dish, which is French fries or, or green salad. That's interesting you said that, because what impact could more restaurants going meat-free have on the environment, do you think? I'm going to just give you some data here, Please and then do. you will understand the I like the data. Impact. If we look at, if you look at, for example, the water, we all know today how uh, how important water is, and then in in a few decades, uh, maybe less than a few decades, it's going to be um, even more important to us as as we are uh, losing that. To produce one kilogram of meat, you need about fifteen to twenty thousand liters of water. To produce one kilogram of potato, you need about hundred to three hundred liters of water. So just that difference, one kg. So imagine you going on a plant-based, not on plant, once a week hmm. you're cutting meat. You as one individual, you're saving 1.2 million liters per year. But there are other people I've heard um, who say when you're producing, let's say, more corn to, f to feed the vegetarians and the vegans and the supply, you're using just as much water as well. Completely wrong. Tell there me. Is, in order to produce one kilogram of meat, you need 14 kilograms of food. Mm. for the animal. So just do the math. <laughs> so what kind of dishes are on this menu? I've seen the pictures. I've seen the website. It does look really, really tasty. Does plant food, though, taste tasty? Yes, it does. And the whole idea behind Moby, there is a, there is a much bigger picture about, about what we're trying to do here. Obviously, it's a business. We want it to grow. We want to show people 
that plant-based food can taste great as right. well. You always think that it's cucumber and carrots. Oh my goodness, that's exactly what I was going to say to you. When I go to uh, uh, sushi, have sushi with my friend who's vegetarian, she'll order that sushi with cucumbers and carrots. I'm like, I didn't come here for this. What is in your sushi that makes it stand out? Well, why don't you come on uh, Tuesday? We're, we're going to be talking about something <laughs> happening on Tuesday. And you will be able to do a tasting. You will be able to see what we have. There's a, a lot of variety of, of, of ingredients. That is there anything put. unusual that you, you've created as far as sushi it's is concerned? It's how you do it. We have a sweet potato sushi, for example. A sweet potato tartare sushi. For me, it's, a, it's a very close to a, a fishy taste. And we use mushrooms. Um, aubergines, the, different different ingredients that that brings uh, bring that taste out, and then you will see once once you will taste it, and you will see that we have way more options today with plant-based ingredients to create amazing dishes. I suppose if you think about it, when you think about meat or sometimes fish being chewy, you can use things like shiitake mushrooms. Use the textures that replica that. I suppose exactly. Okay. And what's your favorite one on the menu if you had to choose one? Depends on the day. The mushroom is always uh, great. Uh, It really depends on the day. Now I'm going more fresher because I'm trying to to also cut on rice a little bit and and sugar. So I'm trying to uh, go more greener. Do you, you, is it right that you do breakfast, lunch and dinner there? Uh, We're open from 9 a.m. to uh, starting Wednesday, we're going to... Open till eight PM, so okay. there are breakfast items. So lunch what's and what's breakfast in sushi terms? It's the breakfast item. It's baked goods. We have croissant, muffins. Oh, so we're not talking sushi. And we sushi. will add some uh, elements as well in uh, in the near future. I also saw something with like it looked like a pastry stuffed with, well, not a pastry. You know, like those dim sum kind of things with uh, chocolate in it. You do some kind of cute desserts. Uh, we do have, we do have, and then we are looking as well to improve all of that. The, the whole idea today is how do we do it all, all together. If you come up, for example, with a great dessert, well, a great vegan dessert. You'll put it on the menu? We can put it on the menu. I always come up with some great ideas. I think I've given away some to Chef Osama who's already come. So I'm happy to do that as long as I get credit and a commission. <laughs> we'll do. For each dessert sold, we'll be back. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. The reason it's brand new to me, Patrick, is because I only literally came across it online. That That's the weird thing. And I knew your previous place, Inc., at El Sakel. Moby is located at El Sakel. Where is it? As well. Moby is located in uh, A4 Space in El Sakel. Mm. Uh, all the brands that we started started, uh, started there, so we, we felt it was the right way to do it and have Moby starting there. Um, we also were very excited because we just partnered with uh, Local, and with them we're going to expand uh, Moby and start the expansion. At the moment we deliver all over Dubai and we have our first location in Al Circal Avenue and we're going to start the expansion very soon in a, in a pretty cool way as well. So when you say expansion, wh- where are you going? Uh, we're looking. We're As in you're going to stay in the UAE or are you going ab- abroad? Let's start with the UAE. We go step by step. <laughs> He's so relaxed. He's not even telling me on air. He's like, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm not telling you everything. No, it's not. I, I swear if I knew where I was going next, <laughs> oh, I'll tell so you. you don't know. I don't know. I know where I want to go next, but where, I don't know what's going to happen. Where do you want to go? But you never know. You, you will always end up where you have to be, not where you <sighs> so want to be. So deep, Patrick. It's only <laughs> 3.30. All right. What's the feedback been like so far? The best feedback I had is with uh, non-vegan friends who actually tell me I don't need to order regular sushi anymore. That is amazing. That's you see, I, I like raw I like raw seafood um, in, in sushi. And I remember when I first went with my mom, obviously being Indian, she'd say, we're Indian. We don't eat raw fish. We cook it. But I just got used to it. But I was also introduced to very good sushi. It's like when you're introduced to food, the first one's going to be bad, you'll be put off. But I am keen to see this because I do believe you don't have to eat meat all the day, all the time and fish and everything. And if you look, who knows if we can even eat fish in 20 years from now with all the plastic in the water. Can I contradict you a little bit? I just feel like you're (laughs) one of those people that always would. Go ahead. (laughs) You don't have to eat meat. I know. You just want 
I know. meat because of cultural and taste buds. That's it. Well, not, my mum never ate meat. So it's, it's kind of like what I've been around. I suppose I got it from my dad. But I don't like eating meat every day. But I know people who can't, don't feel like they've had a meal unless they've had meat. Sure, I was one of them. No, oh, you've changed. It takes time. It, I know it does take time. It's a lot of programming. So let's talk about um, a bit more of the serious side, the sustainability you're very passionate about and about Moby Thinks. What is that? So Moby Thinks is our new initiative. And don't ask me where it's going because I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't know uh, much. I swear <laughs> to you, I don't know. We are starting it and we want to engage with people to have a more uh, sustainable lifestyle. So there's something happening where people can come in and you ask questions. I was, I was reading up on about this. On the 27th. This. So on the 27th, we are celebrating our one year at Moby. We are also celebrating the partnership that we're doing with Local, mm. and we are also launching uh, Moby Things, and that's the initiative that that we uh, are launching on the twenty seventh. So everybody can come. It's El Circalate anyway. It's open to the public from six to ten p.m. So anyone can come. That's next and week. Yes, that's next Tuesday, and we do have a box with cool questions in it that you will definitely have to answer. I- I'll definitely come. <laughs> and then what else is happening? You've got a couple of other things. I know there's some discounts on deliveries. Yes, um, I mean, everybody needs to download the local app in order to order Moby and to order other other brands that uh, local has to offer. And uh, next uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for our one year, we are doing a 50% discount okay. for everybody who's ordering on the app. And are there any other events taking place that I need to know about and food is involved? To be honest, at the moment... Uh, no, we do have one that we might be planning as Moby Things. That's why I'm telling you, I don't know where Moby Things is going to go. You're the I wrong person to interview about Moby. I need someone who knows what they're talking about. No, no. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. I know what I want. You just don't know when it's going to happen. Uh, we'll see where life is going to take us. Oh, you're so relaxed. Okay, Patrick, it has been a pleasure and I'll see you on Tuesday, yeah? Thank you. Tune in every Friday to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye.